Hey guys, welcome to Howlcast. It's been a while. Um, we did an episode with Robbie Denning at Rockslide. They've been great partners of ours, and uh, I just thought it'd be cool to re-release the episode here on the Howlcast. So it's uh, myself, Charles, and and Robbie, and we discuss a few things that are going on, and uh, it's a good listen. Thanks for. Uh, all your support and thanks for following the podcast and being a part of Alpha Wildlife. Thank you. The the reason I wanted to get you guys on was 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 multi pronged here. Um, number one to support you guys, uh, Charles. I've, I've seen some of your reels about what's going on in Washington, so I wanted to give the listeners that uh, might have missed that uh, you know what's going on over there because it seems like the classic battle of the other side lying. And then we just have to try to defend, uh, you know, f- from a defensive position. Which, yeah, that's pretty um, accurate. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. um, and and plus, I think it's it's probably a good representative of just the battles you guys are fighting out there all the time for everybody. Um, Rockslide doesn't sponsor anybody except for Hal. Um, we love you guys, and you know that's why we we give you the space on Rockslide and everything. We really believe in what you're doing, and and we want to help more. We appreciate. Um, it. The other thing I was going to talk about is, you know, everybody hates losing and it just seems like in the world of, uh, you know, depends on which side you're on politics and hunting. It just seems like we're always losing. And it, since I've been following you guys and everything that, that doesn't seem to be the case. Now, I don't know if we've won every battle, but there's been a lot of victories since you guys have, have, uh, started this. Am I correct? Yeah, there's been a, a lot. And, uh, yes, to answer your question, there has been. Mm-hmm. All right. Good deal. So, so anyways, for those of you just tuning in, um, I've got, uh, Charles, do I pronounce your last name? Whitlam? That's one way to do it. Yep. All right, man. That, that's got such a good ring to it, man. Whitlam, yeah. Charles Whitlam. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, this is Charles, uh, Whitlam of, of How, the Howl organization and, um, his partner, John Stallone. Uh, John, uh, runs the podcast days of the wild, uh, formerly interview with the hunt masters. Is that correct, John? Yeah, you got that right, man. All right. But, and his interview with the hunt masters still out there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all, all migrated underneath the same, um, the same name days. of the Gotcha. Wild. Gotcha. So if anybody wants to listen to a good podcast, go, go subscribe to days in the wild. I followed John for years. In fact, that's how I met John. And, um, it's a good resource for information, good fun podcast. And, um, uh, you got to give the, forgive the New York accent. It's, it's buried in there somewhere, but I promise you, John is a legit hunter. I'm surprised that I've got him here on a Saturday, to be honest with you, but there's a lot going on right now. I've wanted to get these guys on the podcast for a while. Um, and just busy life. Everybody's busy. And all of a sudden, man, we're looking at hunting season and, and we haven't done this yet. So, uh, we put this podcast together in two days and Charles, if I understand you came back from a hunt for this. Yeah, I have been, um, I've been out since last Friday and, um, guiding, hunters and hunting for myself and having vehicle breakdowns and uh you know staying in hotels so i'm like well i might as well go hunting i got nothing else to do so yeah i've been i've been going at it all uh, right well well let's use that to, to introduce you a little bit further yeah. tell us a little bit more about you well um as far as Howell goes i'm the president of Howell, um and i own a business in california we do uh, rock climbing for corporate events I grew up in Michigan, grew up hunting, kind of thought everybody hunted at one point in my life. And then I left Michigan, uh, (laughs) 
realized that wasn't true. <laughs> and um, yeah, I hunt a lot. I guide um, absolutely in love with with uh, with the outdoors and hunting. Excellent. And and, and John, uh, anything else you want to uh, tell the listeners about you? I, I think you uh, you work in the pool business. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I I own a swimming pool construction and service company here in Arizona. Um, as far as hunting is concerned, I've been hunting since I'm five. Um, and, um, yeah, just love it. I've worn a million, million different hats in the, in the industry, you know, I've had TV shows, podcasts, writer, written books, all that, all that good stuff. And as far as how's concerned, I'm the vice president and, uh, yeah. So all it's right, man. Well, hey, in my book, job. you guys are doing God's work in the hunting industry with Hal. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again. Rockslide doesn't sponsor anybody, but we sponsor Hal because we believe in what they're doing. And if hunting is going to have a future, it's going to be because of organizations like Hal. Uh, so uh, let's jump into uh, what's going on in Washington right now, Charles. I thought that was was kind of a good case study of some of the battles that you guys are fighting. Can you give us an overview of what's going on there right now? Yeah, Um kind of 10,000 foot view is, um, you, you basically have a governor who appoints commissioners and that governor is not pro hunting and has been, and not only that has been pretty adamant about, I think, appointing the right commissioners, um, to attempt this kind of rewilding initiative that if you go on say i don't know defenders of wildlife or wildlife for all if you go on their websites they'll kind of explain what they want to do with wildlife commissions um and it's and it's about you know representing all people and not just sportsmen they make it sound really good right right um and um so the the problem started at least that i'm aware of last year with spring bear spring bear had been around in washington for decades a few months earlier than when it got up when it when this got brought up one of the anti-hunting organizations during a commission meeting brings up you know why do we have spring bear hunting or some issue that they had with spring bear well a few months later now the commissioners are bringing it up and they're gonna you know have a vote on it mm-hmm. well it all goes awry i mean statements that were made um their own department biologists coming in saying we can have a spring bear season the population supports it there's no reason not to answered all the questions about you know uh are are bears lethargic when they wake up and is it fair chase hunting and all that Mm -hmm. commissioners ended up voting against it now the words they used and the statements that they made because honestly i think we kind of drugged this out because we got a lot of sportsmen involved so we drug it out a lot longer than i think it would have went well these commissioners started sort of making a case for well why have bear hunting at all or why have ungulate hunting at all Mm because their reasoning behind not having a spring bear hunt was a a little awkward so now we're at uh, a few months ago the commission introduces a draft conservation policy which kind of came out of nowhere um, it's very vague. The wording is suspect and based on previous decisions, everyone's worried about where this is going to go. And is it a little bit more siding towards a preservationist policy than conservationist? Now, keep in mind, 
this is all, I believe, in some sort of a, I don't know if collusion is the right word, but this rewilding and reforming of wildlife commissions, that's what's really going on here. So that's why, you know, this draft conser- conservation policy is is coming, you know, up under discussion. Um, and th- that's the direction these things are going in Washington. There's also a, a wolf... Um, there's so many issues going on there, cougars and wolves yeah, right. and, and all that. But at the, the the crux of the problem is is the commission and how they are basing their decisions um, and what they're basing those decisions on. Um, that's a real problem. They're calling for science that they can't quite point to, and they disagree. One of the commissioners said we should. They keep hearing the same thing. We should go get our own biologists. Instead of using their own, and right there is sitting their own state's wildlife biologist, right? Just slapping mm-hmm. them, them in the face. I mean, I fully expect some of those uh, the the people in the in the department to to leave their leave their post before too long, because um, I think they're just getting insulted. And uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And the and then the next state that's following close behind is um, is Colorado. Yes. Yeah, the governor there is is in the same boat. Um are working with the same groups and th- the exact same thing with c- the commission um is happening where he's appointing certain people to the commission where they have this reformist idea and and it's it's getting away from you know representing the sportsmen and um you know they're kind of they're playing a numbers game. You know, sportsmen don't make the up the great amount of people, but we do contribute per capita the most, right? As a as a consumptive and and, a, and as a user, um, so we'll see where this goes. But you know, it's it's uh, I could get into the weeds. I guess it, it could go for hours on that. But uh, the no, that's a that's a good overview of it, yeah. right? Right there, Charles, and it, it it's been similar to some of the other battles that have been out there. I've heard you say it. Um, it, it but words matter. And in a lot of times when these, when these battles are happening, the, um, the, the side that's not on the side of science, we'll say, usually just goes in and tries to change definitions. And Charles just gave a couple of examples of it right there is, um, you know, re- rewriting these wildlife commissions so that they represent all people. Well, doesn't that sound really nice when you say, hey, we're representing all people? Doesn't that sound democratic and American right there? But the part that they leave out is that they're 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 trying to pull people in that are not using wildlife because they vote in an uneducated emotional way and they never turn the, the ones that are trying to pull them in never turn around and 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 say where the money comes from and who is the biggest supporter of wildlife it's sportsmen's hands down and so they, they, it's just smoke and mirrors like it always is this this goes back to when i was a teenager in the 80s and i remember these arguments coming up and you know if you just stood back and listened to their side you know might might have kind kind of sound reasonable but then when you really start digging into it and the science and the numbers and everything it's just a bunch of hocus pocus and then and then the whole the whole uh, thing about you know preservation versus conservation um you know preservation that's always like a nice word yeah let's preserve hunting let's preserve uh, mule deer let's preserve elk and everything but the way they're using that word charles and correct me if i'm wrong is preserving is a non-consumptive use of it they don't it's just leave it alone let nature take care of it you know let let it burn you know whatever 
whatever it does, it does. Um, we're, we're conservationists. Conservationists is the wise use of resources. And so when they, when, when I hear these, the, the other side talking about this stuff, it's always about preservation. And, 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 you know, I've got, I've got a lot of, um, I don't want to call them anti hunters, but non hunters in my family, a few of them are right on the edge. And that's, that, that's the stuff that wins the arguments for them is, oh, well, you know, don't, don't you want to have wildlife in, 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 in forever here? And I'm like, but, but that's not how it works. You know, if you, as soon as you shut off the interest to wildlife, even you, you lose all your funds, you lose all your interest, you know, look, look at what goes on in these other countries where there, where there's no consumptive use of wildlife, responsible consumptive use of wildlife. And, uh, and so to, to me, Charles, this seems like it's just nothing new. It's just, it's the game that they play. And the scary part of it now is they've got it to the commission level rather than it was like 30 years ago that, you know, most people on every commission were, were very pro hunting. And now it, that seems a little suspect with some of these states, right? Yeah, 100% is. And, and speaking of words and definitions, there's been a few words in the past few years that I believe they've attempted to co-opt, but conservationist is one of those. You are now seeing these anti-hunting groups calling themselves conservationist groups. And because they realize um, what they're stating when they when they say preservation, mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't always work. So now they're starting to call themselves conservation. Yeah, so now group. they're just trying and, to be us. Right. Yeah, and, you know, because, because no one's, you know, most people they don't care. They read something, they read a headline, and that's it for them. Yep. So, um, our our battle is 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 exposing all that. I mean, that's that's what we have to do, yep. and and we have to do it, frankly, in a in a quick um, way because that's just the way most people's brains work these days. You got to get them in the first three seconds. Yeah, that's or, right. <laughs> you said something, Robbie, that uh, and I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking um, about the money. Now, that's kind of been a thing that us hunters and anglers have, you know, enjoyed for the last however many years that we've had, uh, you know, the North American model of conservation put in place is that we can rely on the fact that we are the largest mechanism for funding conservation and wildlife efforts. But now, more more than ever, it, it's important that we we know as hunters that we can't we can't hang our hat on that. We can't just say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a conservationist because I I I buy my tags, or um, you know, this land is here because of me." All true stuff, but the the fact of the matter is, it's no longer enough. This effort that we that Charles just kind of laid out is the other side trying to take away the hunter's seat from the table. And we keep seeing things come up that are are doing just that. And the quieter that it can make our voice, the easier it is for them to reach the middle ground. So five percent of the public is is hunters and five percent is non is anti hunters and the rest in between is is uh you know non hunting and you know easily swayed one way or the or another you know until now they've I feel like they've been playing a really long game like a really smart well thought out game and hunters have been playing this let's oh let's be quiet let's uh, you know let's operate 
uh, out of the limelight so that we don't draw attention to ourselves. And I honestly, I almost remember that being part of the first time I went to do Hunter's Ed in New York when I was like nine years old. Um, that was one of the things, Hey, like, you know, they taught you like, Hey, you know, don't, don't display the deer. Don't do this. You know, kind of be operating the shadows. And they've been playing this game for a very long time where, I mean, like look at Disney movies, all this other stuff. They've been painting a picture of a hunter. So they've, they've got that in place and they've been doing that very well for a long time. And that didn't quite work the whole, as well as they wanted it to, but it's, it's a great framework. Now they're attacking the funding. They're trying to do things like there's, there's bills out there and I'm not going to spell them out right now because I don't want to throw anybody specifically under the table or anything like that, but that are trying to replace the user, which is us mm -hmm. with funding from the whole public. So you got to be careful about those things because like if, you know, it sounds great. Oh, great. More money for wildlife conservation. But now that money's not coming from the hunter, so that means your voice gets diminished. Yep. And there's all this drive towards that, and we're seeing it. Like in, and then infiltrating commissions and all this, everything is taking away from our seat at the table, some way, shape, or form. And that's the biggest overall. You know, Charles gave you the ten thousand foot view. That's a thirty thousand foot view of the whole country of what's mm -hmm. going on in my opinion. Yep. Yep. And I remember in the, you know, probably in my, my twenties, my dad explaining that to me because I had even bit off on that a little bit. Like, don't we want more, more funding for wildlife? What would be so bad about having money from the general fund is what we call it in our state. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, because the, because then they have leverage and they don't have the best interest for wildlife in mind. It's the whole preservation thing. Just hands off, let it burn is is, is all they want. And so mm -hmm. um, it took a while for me to kind of digest that in my head of what he was talking about. And it's like, yeah, no, we, we've paid for it for 100 plus years. We want to we continue to pay for it. And um, with these little uh, moves that they're doing in these different states, Charles just just named two of them. That's a very powerful and effective way to do it is to to get people on the commission that are not going to be pro hunters. Now, they, don't, they don't even have to be outright anti hunters to be effective. They just uh, have to open the door for um, more funding to come from other sources. And that then the, the, the whole thing goes with that, you know, follow the money as they say. So and they will, um, and it's evident okay. just to real quick, what they are focusing on is always going to be predator management. Yes. That's what they're going to start with because for one, well, it's just the easiest for them, right? Because it you can, <clears throat> you can sway people easier with that. And plus hunters, there's a bunch of hunters out there who are even swayed. They're like, Oh, why do, why do you need to kill a bear? Yep. There's hunters that still don't, they don't know you can even eat bear, mm -hmm. which is wild to me. Um, like black bear is one of my favorite things to eat. If they're eating acorns and berries, it's like, I'd rather have that than elk. I'm not lying. Um, but anyway, they're going after that. But what happens, right? If they take control of that, it's going to have an effect over the ungulate population. And for the groups that really do want to end all hunting, that's their way of ending ungulate hunting by proxy. Mm -hmm. They can take control of, of the, of predator hunting where there is none. Eventually what's going to happen. I, I think there'll be less ungulates. Um, there'll be a little chaos <laughs> going on there between the president or the president, the um, 
the predators and the and the ungulates, and uh, we'll have to hunt less based on science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really do think that's their ultimate plan. Um, the, you know the the old president of the Humane Society he said his if he could push the magic button I'm paraphrasing this but basically what he said if he could push the magic button he'd do away with all hunting tomorrow. So mm-hmm. yep, that's the goal, and you got to keep that in mind. And and so when you see an issue and it has something to do with lions or bear, which I'm working on an action now for New Mexico. It doesn't matter if you don't hunt that, if that's not your species, or if that's not your thing, it is your thing because those lions and bear affect your elk and your deer and your antelope and everything else on down the line. Mm-hmm. And you also have to realize this is just a battle that's starting over there and it just hasn't gotten to you yet. Mm-hmm. So get involved right now before it gets to your doorstep. I mean, that's the best strategy of all time, right? You got to... You got to think that way. So that's, you know, that's also why people need to get involved, even when it's sort of outside of their, you know, of their hobby or what it is they like to go after, whatever their passion is. Um, we, we really do need to stick together. And I know that gets said a lot, but uh, we could be extremely powerful if we do. And we never have. So it hasn't even been attempted. You know, let's try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just anecdotally, think about it. Um Helpful Wildlife has like 40,000 users and on any given action, we have anywhere from, you know, thousand to 4,000 people get involved. Mm -hmm. So less than 10% of the users. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to move the needle on so many of these issues with that few of people. Now there's 16 million people or 16 million hunters in the United States. Could you imagine if 16 million people were getting involved or heck just even 10% of 16, if 1.6 million people were getting involved every time there was a bill in a state uh, or, you know, at the commission level or any, or any level that we, we get involved in that we're able to, you know, voice our opinion on um, that would be tremendous. That's, I mean, that was when Charles and I dreamed this up and, and envisioned it, we talked about it during our, you know, hunts and whatnot. That's the goal. That's what we saw. We saw all the hunters locking arms and standing up for the fellow hunter, whether we were the guy in New York that hunts whitetail or, you know, the guy in, in, in Washington that hunts bear, you know, we're all in the same, we're all in the same boat. And at the end of the day, because like Charles mentioned earlier, the fight's going to come to your front door no matter what. Just that alone should make you want to get involved. But the fact of the matter is we're all intertwined. We all pay into the same kitty. Out-of-state hunting now is bigger than it's ever been. So like, if you ever want to go places or you you dream to come out west and you're you know an East Coast guy or whatever, like all that stuff is going to change and all that stuff is intertwined. Um financially and the whole big picture is intertwined really um so it behooves you not to get involved like you're doing yourself a a a a disservice if you're not getting involved and that's been our biggest problem as hunters and the biggest problem biggest hurdle that we've seen with powerful wildlife is still that people want to get involved in stuff when it's in their backyard Mm -hmm. and not you know, not help out the guy across the country. Not to say that that's everybody, but 
because we we see the same core people over and over and over and over again getting involved in every single action uh and those you know those are the troopers those are those are the what we wish the 16 million other hunters in the united states were doing but yeah and well let's let's use that to kind of we, we talked about the problem um talked about one specific issue uh that's affecting hunters and but let's talk about now some of the victories you guys have had i don't think people really realize how effective this pretty small organization with you know relatively low participation rate considering how many people are in it um some of the, some of the victories that you've won so go ahead and toot your horns a little bit yeah charles um yeah i'll actually i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up because i get lost in the sauce on all these uh on these all these actions but we can start with um California and this is this is what sort of officially launched Howl for Wildlife um at least building it it was uh an all out assault on bear hunting in California and by the humane society a petition submitted by the humane society to the commission and um we kind of we activated sportsmen quickly to get involved and it got such pushback it's still our best yeah, right <laughs> it's still right. Our, the the biggest pushback we've ever had i don't know what happened i think it was, it was almost like it was outside of an organization and it was a total grassroots push that it's almost like when an organization is involved people then are just like eh, yeah, we can get cool. into that we can get into that later uh, i think i can explain why but it was so grass grassroots that no one felt intimidated or whatever by it. They're like, yeah, let's get on board and let's do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we completely crushed that bill and I don't care what anybody says. Otherwise no one else had time to even get involved in that. And that was a complete grassroots push. Um, we had another one in, in college. And I want to be clear. A lot of these were in, um, partnerships or working together. Yes. There was a lot of other organizations yes. involved in a lot of what I'm about to say as well. So, um, Colorado, there was a, a push to ban, uh, lion hunting and, and bear hunting and bobcat hunting. And they had links on there too, even though that was federally protected, but whoever, whoever was doing that didn't know what they were talking about. So they, they added that in there too. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a huge win. Uh, Coloradans, I will say, when it's a Colorado and Coloradan issue, um, they really get involved. Um, uh, maybe more than any other state, they take that very personally. Um, there was a lot of a lot of them involved. That was super impressive. Um, let's go to I don't know. The next thing in my mind is uh, right to hunt and fish in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, it had never been attempted. The groups that we worked with, they really weren't sure where it was going to go. Um, I worked with them to develop actions and content that got pushed through the house and the Senate unanimously through the house. Um, I think there was one vote against it in the Senate and now it's on their ballot for 2024. And that was incredible. And I think we, we were responsible for like 152, it's somewhere in that area, 152,000, um, custom emails that got sent out to Florida legislators there. And what I mean when I say Howell is responsible, um, we're really not, what we do is we tell you about what's going on and give you very efficient 
um, information and avenues to to reach the people that you need to reach should you want to get involved. So we aren't going anywhere and saying, hey, Howell has X amount of members and this is the way all the members think. Right. Our idea is to make activists out of sportsmen. And here's the issues. When we can get to the issues we can get to, we don't get to all of them, but when we can, we want you to know about them and you have the easy button for how to get involved within the space we're we're working, which is, you know, through emails, through calls, through commission meetings, which are maybe one of the most important things that sportsmen can do to get involved is actually at the commission level because they they set the seasons, they set the quotas. They're not setting laws, but once the legislation is done, they're kind of, you know, working those laws and 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 doing a lot for us or against us. That's that's probably the most powerful thing you can do is get involved at your at your commission. Um, but anyway, back to what we're doing. We're we're just giving you the information so you can get involved. So anyway. Great. Uh, and so in Florida, information and one million the people live in Florida, and you've basically got a bill to the floor now to protect hunting fishing as a right. You yeah. along with other organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I will say they did say they couldn't have done this without us though. Yeah. Because <laughs> that and, and space it, we're working in, no, there's no, you could say there's competition, you know, there's other action centers if you want to call it that, but nothing works like ours. It's, it's, I wouldn't have gotten involved in this um, if I was just trying to repeat what else is out there. Um, I saw a problem with, the current action centers. And that's what I wanted to fix. Uh, I probably jumped into the podcast too fast without telling people exactly the mechanisms of, of how you do this. So why don't you, why don't you, I mean, I know because I've signed up on the emails and I've emailed the legislatures and got in on that kind of stuff, but maybe, maybe just give a, a synopsis on exactly when you say you give people the information and give them a channel to get involved. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So, staffers and legislators and lobbyists and you know directors of uh coalitions people who are our partners now um they've told us listen the canned messages that get sent out from action centers where you know you just sign your name on and yeah same thing getting sent up that does not work doesn't work staffers just they filter that um the subject lines are generally the same now the thing is is anybody can write an email, their own email, and most of those action centers, you can edit those. However, I think it's like 1.5 or 2% of users actually do that. Okay. So yep. that's just, that's just what it is. So what's happening is whoever emails are getting sent to, they're getting the same thing. Staffers filter them out. They don't get seen. They don't carry much weight at all. Again, this isn't me saying this. I knew that was the problem. But this is them telling me this like, okay, well, mm-hmm. what if I did this? What if every message that went out was different? What if the subject lines were different? What if it was personalized with who it's coming from? Well, yeah, that'd be a little more powerful. Okay. Let's try that. What do you mean? Let's try that. Where does, where does that exist? Well, that's what we have. Or where do we buy that? You can't, <laughs> it's custom. <laughs> um, well, this is what we've wanted for decades. I'm repeating a bunch of different people that we work with who've said this. This is something we've wanted for, for decades. You have that? Yes. Okay, but we want to work with you now because that's it, for that space, that would be extremely powerful. 
So that's what's happening when all three of us, John and me and Robbie, we're all go, we all go take action. We're sending three separate, we're sending different content to whatever legislator it is or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, commissioner, whoever it is, our decision makers are, we're sending different stuff to them. Howell is not mentioned. It comes from your email address. Um, there's some stuff on the, you know, you can write in, Hey, I'm Robbie Denning from, you know, mm-hmm from I own Idaho mm-hmm. and you know, you can fill that in and uh, that makes it even more personalized, but the content that's there comes from um, our partners that we're working with. Here, here's an example. Right now I'm doing the, the bear and cougar um, issue that's going on in New Mexico. And uh, the guy that, that I'm working with um, he, he is in within the, you know, the grassroots push and within an organization in New Mexico and he send, sends me basically all the info and sends me kind of an idea of the emails um, that should be going out. And what I do is I take those and basically we have the technology to uh, to just customize all of that. So it's not mm-hmm. all the same thing and make sure it's randomized, uh, make sure it's, it's not getting filtered. Um, because again, the subject lines and the email bodies, they're randomized separate from each other for everybody. And so we're not just sending out kind of word salad. We're sending out um, really good content that's coming from the people who are closest to this battle. Mm-hmm. And that's the people that we want to work with. And that's people who we do work with because um, I know we're, we're not blowing smoke up anybody's butt. You know, we're mm-hmm. not just kind of making up issues. We're not using our action center as a, um, as a membership drive. Um, you know, it's effective. And I, I can now say this with a hundred percent confidence that it's, you know, what I'm saying right now, that it is so effective because almost every day now, these people from these orgs are like, Hey, this is incredible. I mean, staffers are calling our office and saying, is this you guys? Where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. How come sportsmen are suddenly involved? We've never seen this before. And we, we have that decades. We have that on the on the commission side too, because we. Oh yeah. The other thing that we do is we organize. Um, we I, I like to call them pregame meetings, uh, meetings that happen uh, before uh, a commission meeting or a committee meeting that we are allowed to show up to uh, in person and or or via Zoom or whatever, and within those meetings. W- we are educating them on the subject. We're not telling them what to say. We're not telling them, but we are telling them how the meetings run, what to expect, you know, some ideas of how to present themselves and give them the full um, scope of what the meeting's going to be about. That way, when, you know, Robbie, if you wanted to show up to your commission meeting, you'd go in there and you'd feel a little bit more confident about, and you're able to, you know, speak your opinion and, and, uh, and let the commissioners know what you want. And since day one, Charles and I have been getting emails or direct, like, hey, where are all these hunters coming from? This has always been, you know, 30 people from uh, USIS and yeah. no hunters would, you know, one or two hunters would show up and, and that's it. Now it's it's flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. You know, now there's 100 hunters showing up and, you know, 15, 20 people from the other side. And that's gone over really, really well, except for in Washington, Washington, because they don't care at all. Mm-hmm. 
but okay so so um when when i got involved with you guys a couple of years ago and then i would get the emails didn't we have uh a battle going on in new jersey about something new jersey was um was bear hunting because they they banned it and then and then it got so bad there the governor was like we need to hunt bear because they're just everywhere and i think they attacked a few kids or something or whatever so they needed to bring back the uh some sort of a management plan there in uh, in New Jersey. And so that's what we got involved in was just bringing back that management plan in New Jersey. Yeah, if yeah. And the reason I bring about. that up, but, you know what? There was another. What was the other New Jersey one? It, was, it was um, it was a land thing where uh, where you weren't allowed to hunt with archery equipment. Um, oh yeah, within a hundred yards. Within a hundred yards of your you know of neighboring properties without their permission. Uh, you know, even if it was your own, you could have, you know, 500 acres, but on the outskirts of your property, you couldn't hunt next to your neighbor unless you had the permission. It was kind of something similar to yeah. that. Permission I, I, from the neighbor to hunt your own property. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah, that doesn't work in a state with millions of people. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I bring that up is because that was like the first one that I ever got the email on. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I typed out my thing and, mm-hmm. you know, did whatever. And then like a week later, we we had won or, you know, the tide had shifted. It was all looking good. You know, you guys always send out the victory email. And I was like, why does New Jersey care about some guy in Iona, Idaho that will never, I, I hate to say it, I'll never go to New Jersey hunting. Um, why did they even care? They got and, you know, that really was, good. that was, to me, a good example of hunter's voices matter. And, and, and like what you said, Charles, about, you know, we're all non-residents somewhere and that, you know, it's more popular than ever that I was just surprised that we, that we had any sway at all. And I'm not saying my email did, but you know, not all 40,000 how members live in, in New Jersey and, and, and you guys got on their radar. And, well, and that's when I started thinking, man, there is something to this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for one, we give you the option, and this isn't, I'll explain why, but we give you the option to, when, when they get the email, they have no idea where you live, mm-hmm. bottom line. Now, okay. you, you can put that in there if you want. Um, I probably did. Okay. So, I probably did. Um, there's, a, there's a few reasons for this, why I think everybody should be involved. So, the attack, the anti-hunting attack, whether it started in California or whatever it is, it's coming to your state, and I've been in personally in commission meetings in different states, in Colorado, in California. I've been in, I don't know how many, in Washington now. I see the same people on the other side, mm-hmm. these same people. Yep. And I'm like, huh, okay, interesting. They're they're bunching up in one state, seeing what they can do, and then they're going to come to another state. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then we need to match that, right? Yep. So that's a, that's one reason why everybody needs to be involved. Um, again, it's coming to your doorstep right now to the non-resident, uh, issue. I'll, I'll use Colorado cause it's a great example. 51% of their funding comes from non-resident tax. Mm-hmm. The, the economic impact that's tourism bottom line. Yep. Throw hunting right out the door. We don't need to talk about it. That's tourism. It's, it's in the billions of dollars, right? It's the same for every Western state, by the way. Yeah. So for those legislators to not care about not only the money that's just 
you know, that wouldn't be coming in or that is coming, however you want to look at it to their, uh, you know, for, to their funding, to CPW, the economic impact of restaurants and hotels and, you know, stores, whatever it is we do when we go out of state, you know, vehicle breakdowns always seems to happen to me. Uh, all of that, it's a huge economic impact. So I think it's important for those legislators to know, hey, this is actually affecting more than just resident Coloradans. I see. Yeah. You got this, these guys coming here from Pennsylvania and Florida, wherever all the people come to, to hunt in Colorado. That's super important to the, to the tune of unsaid billions of dollars. Um, so that's, you know, that's one reason why in my kind of thinking of why should people get involved? I mean, th- those are the, those are kind of the top two reasons right there um, mm-hmm. on why I really think we, we all got to be behind each other here for that. The other side's doing the same thing. And we have a significant economic impact on many of those states. Um, and, and you can look at angling and, and, you know, Florida was a big one. I forget what they're, I mean, you know, all the people that go on vacation there, how many people yeah. to have a right to hunt Huge fish there is yeah, fish. Yeah. astronomical. Yeah. So and to highlight what, what Charles was just kind of bringing to light is I actually had a conversation with a congressman um, and he told me that when he sees things like, for instance, if he got a a message from somebody that wasn't in his district or in his, uh, even in the state, okay. Could be in the state and not in the district or even out of state. Um, they basically viewed it as okay. Like if I if I got a message from somebody that was in my district, I put a hundred percent weight on it. If I got a message from a guy that's out of state or out of my district, I still give it about fifty percent weight. Mm-hmm. So it's still super impactful. Yeah. Yeah. He knows you're not. He knows you're not his. Um, you know, constituent. His, right. Yeah, constituent or voter or whatever. But it's still important because he knows at some point, if you have an interest in this, that means you're planning on coming to, mm-hmm. from their point of view, right. coming to hunt it, right. you know, and that at some point you're going to be here spending money here. And just like Charles was saying, so. Excellent. Um, so that's 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 the mechanics behind the scene uh, for, for our listeners there. Once you get involved with Hal, um, we're not here to just get your money. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to join Hal. You can certainly donate. It's highly encouraged. Um, uh, we donate ad space to Hal, you know, thousands of dollars ad space per year to Hal that we could sell to somebody else. But we value what these guys are doing. And I'm not just kidding when I say these guys are doing God's work in the hunting industry, because if hunting is going to continue, one of you guys said it, we got to lock arms. Uh, we got to be on the, we can't just always be on the defense. We got to be on the offense. We got to get out there and we got to get involved. And, and, I, and I know I'm a busy guy too. It's like, oh, get involved. Oh, man, what does that mean? You know, well, so, some of the stuff that I've, that I've done with these guys, this is, a, yeah, it took me 20 minutes to get the email go through it, figure out what the issue was, you know, yeah, there's time there. But if if millions of us are doing it, it it can be powerful because with only 40,000 of us doing it, it's it's moved the needle. Charles and John have given some uh, examples of that. And so if you don't have any money, you got some time. 
get get involved with Hal if you've got money. Um, uh, you, you, donations are always encouraged, and you'll feel better as a hunter too. I promise you, you will feel better as a hunter too because. You know, I, what I said in the beginning of the podcast, we just get sick of losing. I just get sick of losing. You know, it just, it just sucks to lose. And um, and 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 when we can unite and 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 we 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 can show show force through through a strong voice, um, hence the name Howl. Uh, we we can move the needle. And and America needs hunters. Uh, we are the we are the reason. That, that, that wildlife has flourished in America. We brought wildlife back from the brink. This hasn't happened on a large scale in any other uh, civilized country in the world. And um, it, it's up to us to carry it on. And, and, and so that's why I wanted to have these guys on the podcast here today. Um, guys, the way I understand it, we can also get involved just through your social media, uh, Howl for Wildlife on Instagram. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. And then you've also got a YouTube channel. Do we? <laughs> yeah. I've I'll subscribed to it. Maybe, so I know you know. Know. So there's so, so yeah. we'll get involved through that. <laughs> kind of um, have to use it for uh to post certain videos on on platforms. But yeah, it, we do have we do have a YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, there's a two and a half minute intro video on there for anybody that's like, man, how I've never even heard of these guys. Just go to YouTube, YouTube, how look at that two and a half uh minute intro video. It's really good, tells a little bit more about what they do. It's a it, it it's 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 pared down a little bit more than a podcast, and you can get a good feel for it. Um, then go to their website. Any of you rock sliders, you'll see their uh banner on uh on the forums. Just click on that, that'll take you right in. You can sign uh sign up for them. And uh, and then one of you, I think it's you, Charles, too. You are posting on the forum as well. I do. I think Brian does, but I have been. Re- or, it's actually me. Uh, is it you, John? Okay, yeah. Got, gotcha. Yeah, I, I've yeah. been. I, I do most of the posting on on Rockslide. Uh, I, I do the replying to comments uh, a lot of that lately. So, gotcha, gotcha. We both, so we if you Rocksliders see the guys on there um, uh, conversing, you can join in on the conversation. That helps get the word out. Um, what else, guys? Can we do to help you? Well, I mean, so you you said something to me that that resonated um that i think charles kind of alluded to this earlier and I, t- I think he wanted to talk about it um this only works with you guys getting involved and i think there's this big idea and i th- i feel like a lot of why people don't get involved they see oh how's involved or rocky mountain elk foundation's involved and they're like they got so they got used to the fact that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. They look they got so used to the fact that somebody was already taking care of it. Oh, I don't have to, you know. Yeah, right. I sent my money in to, yep. you know, that organization. They're taking care of it. I don't mm-hmm. have to be involved. But the way Howell works, um your involvement is what makes it powerful. Mm-hmm. It's your voice that makes it powerful. We we are for lack of better terminology we're we're a megaphone okay we take your voice and we amplify it mm-hmm. we take your voice and we put it out there we we take everybody's voice collectively and that's where the part of the howl thing came from it's one voice one howl everybody's you know uh mm-hmm. speaking the same thing in the same direction and without you it's it's not we're we're not we're not litigators we're not lobbyists we're not you know we're not going Yes, sometimes we are going, but we're going there personally. We're not going there on behalf of Howell and yeah. the 40,000 members. We're going there as Charles and John. And we're saying, you know, our piece 
on that particular subject, but we're not saying, oh, on behalf of Howell and our 40,000 members, da, 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 da. Uh-huh. Right. it doesn't work that way. And Charles kind of put a, you know, a pin in it earlier where, when he was uh, explaining that the boots on the ground people said that that never worked. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important. That's, and you, and you alluded to, you know, the, the, the whole thing or not alluded, but you, you said that, you know, we have a free membership. That was part of the, why we want it. We have, yes, we have paid memberships. We have different ways you can get involved and, and get, you know, perks and benefits of having different me- bene- uh, excuse me, memberships, but we never wanted to say, no, you can't get involved unless you pay us $30 mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. So we offer a free membership as well. Because we know how powerful we know if we want to keep this thing we all love hunting around, that we need everybody. We need everybody's voice. We need everybody's uh, show of force without being forceful. Without you know, mm-hmm. uh, if we need everybody there, and you and you can't do that when you're when you're alienating people and you're and you're telling people they can't be involved in something because whatever you don't want to donate yeah genius it 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 it, it really does work and like i said the few issues i've got involved upon um it's it's just take some time and um like i said even if you don't have money you've got some time and it's not that hard the way you guys have set it up and that's why it was that's why i brought up the new jersey thing i was like wow i just like sent an email to new jersey to let this dude know that i want to support these guys and uh and, and that that's something else too uh charles you had alluded to it earlier but you know we have to support all hunting i i'm i'm not a trapper um, but t- tell our, tell our, um, our listeners why, if, I, even though maybe I don't participate in bear baiting or trapping, or uh, maybe I don't do wing shooting, why do I need to support that? There's, Can I just go be a deer hunter? There's multiple reasons. And speaking of trapping, we get involved in a lot of trapping bills though. That's the easiest target. It's the lowest hang of all fruit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a big win, uh, one or two in Oregon on trapping this year. And that really got their attention. Like, whoa how like we don't usually have any support we're just trappers a lot a lot of people do it and there's a lot of hunters that don't want to get involved or they don't care um i love getting involved in in trapping issues um so why well yeah it's the lowest hanging fruit um that's not they're not just they're not going after trapping they're going after what the easiest target is and then it's the next target and then it's the next target and it's the next target you have to look at it that way it's a war but of attrition. Trapping has amazing benefits um, to um, to other species for disease control, um, for uh, even you know protecting roadways with beavers and all that. I mean, state departments use trappers as a tool all the time um, for their own you know conservation efforts. So I mean, there's a lot of just look up trapping and benefits mm-hmm. of trapping. I think you can go and educate your stuff on that, but it's actually it's it's extremely interesting and the the world of trapping and and the reason why we need it but i i think we should be there for any anytime you see a trapping issue hammer that hammer that because that's the first that's the first thing they're going after right there um because you know they know most those hunters aren't even educated on trappers so right. it's not going to get a lot of light put on it and it's going to be an easy target for them and uh that's kind of one of where I want to put our most effort is on is on issues like that. Cause then it yeah. makes them they got to spend more money. They got to get more resources. Yep. You know, it's it's a 
it's a game of uh it's 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 war really <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of strategy mm-hmm. it really is um but we've had a lot of wins with trapping um through many different states and Sunday hunting was another one too that I forgot to bring. There's so many of them, but Sunday hunting, there's still states where you can't hunt on Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you guys we, were involved with one here just uh, in the last couple of months, weren't you? Last fall. We've had some huge wins with that. And they've been trying for what's cool is they've been trying for 30 years and we got involved. And I think we're, we're an excellent tipping point. So when we do get involved and something's close, we were a fantastic tipping point. So, uh, Let's see, Virginia, yeah, Virginia, uh, Sunday hunting, um, South Carolina, Sunday hunting. For the most part, they got they got most of it back. Um, Maine is is next, and Pennsylvania is next. Um, was there another Sunday hunting state? Uh, I don't know, but the, the, those are four states we've been working on with with two huge successes there. Um, but that's it's just crazy that you can't. Uh, you can go to strip clubs, you can go to bars, you can go yep. to go right. gambling do whatever yep. you want you know it's it's based on these old blue laws mm-hmm. but all this other stuff exists that you can go yep, to exactly go hunt. i mean for most people you're taking away 50 percent of their hunting season by not being able to hunt on sundays yep guys yep. like they're not they can't go yep. out like oh yeah and it leads to more hunter yeah. crowding and all the other issues we don't like either you know and anytime you concentrate people so yeah yeah so very awesome. important issue Awesome. And that, well, that's why I want to have you guys on, on, because, you know, I see all these little, these little things going on out there that you're either, either involved in or you're winning in. And I'm just not sure if people are, are catching on that this is huge. The, I mean, this is what we've got to have to ensure hunting's future. And I'm not much of a clickbait guy, but I probably will name this podcast, the end of hunting, because if, if we're not doing stuff like this, um, it, it, hunting could, you guys, I've thought this for years. Hunting could go away in the United States in three years. That mm-hmm. it, it, it could, in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. just just a few victories here, and and especially if it got to the federal level, and um, you know, get 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 a few tweaks here and there, you know, ammo bans, you know, things like that. Hunting could just be a thing of the past, and and I don't think you know the way information moves now, and you know, all the web and all those things. To me, it's scary, but it's also the bright side of it is like guys like you have been able to you know mobilize thousands of hunters into you know one one voice. And, and, and so we also stand on the preface of being very powerful as well. Yeah. How much time do you have, Robbie? <laughs> oh, you guys, I, we can keep going. I try to, you know, just keep, keep everything I, tight, but if you've got more, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so it's sort of like, what do we do and how do we, you know, we're always talking to the choir and the choir is not all on board. We're working on that. I think, mm-hmm. I think in the next couple months, We've got some big things coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw like my last post where I'm like, I didn't even know what to call them. I said influencers or yeah. I'm like, don't be offended by that. But I don't know what you are, but you know, you you know who I'm talking to if I say the word influencers. So that's why I used mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, I think there's some big things coming there, and people have said, oh, it can't ever be done. That's never it's never going to work. Now we're going to prove them wrong. I'm looking forward to that. But that's still the choir. Um, how do we? not how do we prevent the end of hunting right mm-hmm. that's the our our battle is with the non-hunting public and i think we've done a absolutely terrible job mm-hmm. at actually getting anything to the non-hunting public most of the non-hunting public hears about hunting from anti-hunters 
mm-hmm. yep. just insane. And we're just like, yeah, all right, leave that alone. Like that's insane that people haven't come together and said, okay, maybe we need to deliver a little bit of a better message to the non-hunting public. And now I will say there have been people that have done that just off the top of my head. I think Stephen Rennell has done a pretty good job at that yep. um, right. with his show. And I think, um, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, mm-hmm. has some great stories and presents it in a way that's, um, that's consumable to not just hunters. Right. Right. Um, but I think we really need to, I don't know if it's sell hunting, whatever it is we do market hunting as an intrinsic human value, which it is Mm -hmm. all of the things that we're talking about right now are new in the psyche of humans within the last, I don't know, 50 years, right? this, This conversation wouldn't be had. The things we're facing today weren't even thought about that anybody would ever think this way that, hold on, I can't go out into the wild and get the best meat available. Mm-hmm. There's people that want to stop that. That's essentially what's happening. Oh, Charles, one just a couple generations ago, my grandpa was a substance hunter. It's how he fed his family. Yeah. And in, in, in basically a generation and a half, that went away. But continue. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and we need to be mindful of that. It was that it was not that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do we do? What's our messaging to the non-hunting public? Don't, why don't we have billboards? Why don't we have commercials on TV? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that's selling a hunting product. Not that's right. that right. it's showing, you know, whatever we see on the outdoor channel. Like that's for hunters. Yeah. yeah. We but, do a great job of that stuff. Yeah, we do a fantastic job of that. Um, but what conservation is, how do we take back that word? How do we be sure that doesn't go away? And that mm-hmm. they take that word and run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we show the 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 success stories? How do we show the multitudes of people, diverse people, all people who are involved in hunting and what their stories are? Mm-hmm. I really think if we can do that and we make hunting a human value, which it is, but we express that and show that and sort of make it a staple of of who we are, if not just who we are as Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think we can really win this messaging battle to where when these anti-hunting groups come up with their emotions and all their fundraising efforts, because that's really what it is, um, that we could make them irrelevant because essentially what they're trying to take away is the reason why we're humans and we're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about killing it's not just about putting something on your wall. It's a connection with what it is that we truly are. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be a hunter and and not everybody ever was a hunter in all of history. The people no. have different skills, but you cannot throw that out the window. It's like throwing not just history out the window, but a good piece of history out the window. And I think if we do throw it out, the future, because of what it does to people through hunting the adventure and the pursuit and all that and the, and the wonderful meat that we get from it um that has nothing but positive benefits mm-hmm. so we, we really just got to look at what it is we're trying to, that some people are trying to throw out the window here and um rally against that and show why that needs to be defeated mm-hmm. uh what what's cool is we we do have um we don't have enough money to pay for it. So I just helped design, I, I designed it basically the entire thing and the messaging. So at the North end of Yellowstone national park, and now this just went up at the South end in Wyoming. Um, we have two billboards up about um, 
grizzly bears being a conservation success story and why they should be delisted. Mm-hmm. The messaging is for the non-hunting public. Yep. And it what what was really crazy is the people I was working with, they showed me what they had and I'm like, you guys have billboards for hunters. Yeah. Who the heck is going in and out of Yellowstone National Park? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Not hunters, it's a zoo there. You get just normal residents, you know, not not hunters. So stop showing, you know, dead animals and, you know, playing this kind of tit for tat with the other hunters. We have so much success with conservation and where the money has gone and how hunters have been a tool as a management tool to win responsibly used. Um, why we have these animals, why grizzly bears are back in the landscape. Let's talk about that. And let's use words like conservation and success. And what, like, why are we afraid to talk about that? I had people saying hunters can't be activists. That's a, that's a liberal world word. And I'm like, well, maybe we should take a page out of their book because they're pretty successful at it. Yep. So if it takes us being an activist to be successful, we'll suck it up. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. You know? So it's just, you know, it's just, we got to do a better job, um, at hitting the right buttons and not just, you know, we're always wanting to push our own buttons because it's easy. No one's afraid to talk to the crier. You're not going to say anything wrong. You're, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just like, oh, we're all in the same boat. Right. Um, we got to take those risks. You know, and somebody, so, uh, this guy from Canada was telling me, he was like, you know, here's a perfect example. Um, I think it was Miley Cyrus or something. She came to Canada and um, was against, I don't know if it was grizzly bears or wolves, something that was going on in Canada, but she used her celebrity to get people to just say, yeah, we're on board with that. Well, we can do that too. We can use our own celebrity. We can use our own voice um, and get, and and it's like, we're kind of afraid to do that. And we have to stop being afraid to do that. Um, That's why I do appreciate it. When, you know, Joe Rogan talks up about, about hunting and his, his, uh, his pursuits and adventures and the meat that he eats and how good it is and all that. I think that, I mean, he's, maybe has the largest platform in the world now, but um, I think it's had a pr- profound effect, oh, but yeah, he we're can't fortunate. do it all. No matter how people feel about him, we're fortunate that he, yeah. that he is a hunter and mm-hmm. he's portraying it in a positive light yeah. from, from, especially the, 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 the you know, I, I read some of the negative comments on there. They're like, all the guy does is lift weights and eat elk meat. You know, he's got that reputation of, of, you know, he, he consumes what, he, what he, what he harvests and that, that sells to people. I'm having two non hunters over tonight for dinner, two mm-hmm. of them. And, and, and that stuff sells with non-hunters, you know, they're, they, it makes them feel good when they know that, man, I got, I got elk out tonight. We're going to do this. You don't have to have any, if you don't want, you know, I got some beef here if you want it, but here, try this. That stuff is easy to sell to people. Easy. I, and, and I think we, we, we don't understand that sometimes because we get sort of too used to it. Um, same story here. I, I, I've never met a person personally that I can tell my story to and tell them about my adventure, my hunt, and here's the meat. They're like, man, I didn't, I've never seen it this way before, nope. you know? And well, why? <laughs> That's our problem. That's our, our problem. Issue. Cause yeah. the other side has been doing it very, very well for a very long time, painting a picture of who you are and who we are. And that's, that's the biggest obstacle right there is to overcome that is, and it, and it's gotta be done on a personal level. Yes, we would love to lean on guys like Joe Rogan and and celebrities and so on and so forth and that's stuff that needs to happen. But you the average Joe hunter have a lot of power too. If you 
just share your experiences like Charles just said and Robbie just said, invite people over for dinner when you're making game. That will go a long way. Sympathetic people, when it comes time to ballot initiative stuff, you know, they're going to come there and they're like, oh, they're trying to get rid of deer hunting. But, oh, I know, I know Charles, man. Charles is yeah. a freaking awesome guy. And, you know, I love the way deer taste and, uh, you know, this and that. And then all of a sudden now they're not a hunter, but they're a hunter ally. And that's, that's key. That, that it needs to be, it needs to be a burden that all of us share. We need, all of us need to be, we need to be involved in stuff when, when the call's there. And we also need to be mindful and constantly, uh, talking and and sharing our uh the human value of what it is to be a hunter and and the that what we get out of it the heritage and the the meat and the camaraderie and the, all the other stuff that goes along with hunting and start changing that image of elmer fudd that has been you know our uh our, our mascot family. Yeah. yeah, our avatar yeah. for for forever, you know. Um we when when people see hunters and think of hunters, we don't want them to think of the toothless hillbilly driving the back of a pickup, willy-nilly mm -hmm. shooting at shit with excuse my French, mm -hmm. <laughs> drinking beers. You know, it's like right. you want them to see you, yep. you know, Charles, myself. You want them to see though that what's the real representation of what that is. Yes, there is there is there a small piece that might be doing the yeah, I'm you know, there's yeah, there's always a small piece on every in everything every group. So Yeah, we're all humans, you know. But there's such a diverse group of people and and I really think the more we can share their stories, because not all the stories are the same. There's a I have a, a black friend here in um his name's Max in California. He um I don't know, through his through his parents or writings or whatnot, but his, his grandpa, I think in Georgia or Alabama was a big time hunter into dog hunting. And he really wants to reconnect with that. And his story is like, man, you know why I really want to get involved? One of the reasons at least is, um, I want to get in the hunting cause it's, I've realized it's a part of my heritage and, mm -hmm. uh, it's part of my culture that was kind of taken away from me and I want to get back to it. And when I see these anti hunting efforts, I see that, and this is his words, so this is an interesting story. I see that as a form of colonization. Yeah. They're trying to take it away from me again. I'm like, dude, that uh -huh. like I don't have that story, but you uh -huh. do, and that needs to be told. Because uh -huh. that it's different. And that's your story. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. and like, wow, like right, we have all these tools and all this stuff on the table, and it's like, why isn't anyone using it? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, like that's that's just the way I see things. And and I and I think that's also the roadmap um to success it, it we can use emotions um to win this battle we can use our stories storytelling is one of the greatest human pastimes right and uh i don't think we're doing that right we we have we do a great job at it but i'm just saying we need to do it more internally we do amongst each other yes yes but no we've let the media define the hunter and john just gave the example of of elmer fudd the average a uh, uh, non-hunter thinks a hunter is just an oofus, beer drinking, uh, bloodthirsty, you know, all that stuff. Because that's what, look at every hunter in every Hollywood movie yeah. is an oofus. 
every side, they never portray him in a positive light. Uh, and, 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 and that, that's what we're up against right there. And I think it's beat hunters into the corner of just, you know, keep your mouth shut. Like what you said, Charles, you know, they don't want to say anything, but I have found with reasonable people, if you can engage in those conversations that very seldom do I get pushed back. Um, one, one, of, one of my best successes here, there's a large, uh, health food store here in Idaho Falls. And the two owners um, are not hunters um, at all. And, um, but they're very into the whole organic scene. And so the, the guy works out at the gym where I work and I just started talking to him about, about the meat and everything. And Hey man, I, I'd love to share some with you. And, uh, so I brought him, him some, and, uh, you know, he didn't think his wife would go for it at all. I just brought him some burger and some steaks and, uh, they loved it. They just love the whole idea of it. And now this is like a regular thing I do with them. Probably, I probably give them 20 pounds of meat a year yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they, and they love it. And he, and he talks about it in the store and everything. And so I, I give that example, not to toot my horn, but to just say that, that by, by being brave and just talking about it, I found out that they, they weren't just neutral to it. They were very open to it. You know, they had just never been around it. And, um, and, and, and one thing too, was I didn't just give them my crap meat. You know, I gave them, you know, good sirloins. I didn't just give them the rounds. I took them stuff that they would like, I, I talked to them about how to cook it. You know, don't just throw that in a fry pan and cook it to well done. You know, it's, this is not beef, you know, this is low fat, lean type of meats. I mean, in everything I'm, I'm condensing into 45 seconds here, we're talking hours of conversation with these people that they were very engaged and very interested in. And, and, you know, sometimes on Rockside, I see people saying, Oh, you guys all shoot all this game, you know, so you can just give it away and you can just keep hunting. Oh man, giving away game meat to the right people is some of the best stuff we can do for hunting. You know, it's, it's easy to win them over. That's one of my funnest things to do is, is to give away game meat. I love it. <laughs> I mean, yep. I eat it. Uh, every day it's my it's the meat i eat but um i love the hunt and i love giving it away there's nothing wrong with that it's awesome i mean a tip i learned on that is when i'm talking to people about it you know i always ask them are you interested you know i'll give you a little bit and i do i just give them a little bit you know one package try to give them something don't dump a don't dump your last year's deer on somebody and then the the i always know it works if they want more Cause there's been some people that have been like, ah, I didn't really like it and everything. Hey, that's all cool. You know? Um, uh, but if they want more, you know, I, I, I make sure I scratch their back cause that, I mean, I may need them to scratch mine at the ballot box one day. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, um, one other thing I wanted effect. to uh, go ahead. I was just saying that has a profound effect. What you just said. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then one other thing too, um, before we wrap up here, um, I see this argument on rock slide a lot, and um, it, it's the argument of hunter numbers don't matter. And, um, you know, there's a core group of guys on rock slide that are like, no, hunting is it's too big. There's too many people too meant too commercialized. I mean, it needs to be less. It needs to be less. I mean, they're always beating that drum and we give you know, we give everybody a voice on rock slide. And I really do try to listen to these guys because honestly, if we can get by with less hunters, that's fine with me, you know, uncrowded woods are what I want, but, um, you know, they, they, they point to things like, Hey, in New Zealand, there's such a small percentage of hunters and yet they do just fine. We don't need strong hunter numbers in America. Um, we have too many, you know, they're just beating this drum all the time. What do you guys say to the whole hunter number issue? Do we need, is the whole, what triple R thing? What is that? Recruitment, uh, retention and reactivate, I think is what that means. Does that matter? Is that, is that like crapping in our own nest when we're doing that? 
or um, is that helping us? I think that where I would love to have that conversation is there's 1,600 hunters, 80 million sportsmen, right? 16, 16 million. Let's say 1,600. Yeah. yeah. 16 million uh, hunters and 80 some million sportsmen. So that's anglers and shooters and all that. Okay. Um, I'd love it if uh, John mentioned it earlier, if 10% of those hunters were actually involved. Let's start there having that conversation. Now, do I personally, we don't try to get more hunters. Mm-hmm. We try to get more hunters involved. I don't know gotcha. if adding to the number is necessarily, you know, of people who buy licenses. Now, of course, there's going to be benefits to that because of mm-hmm. PR and everything, you know, but um, I don't rest necessarily want to have, you know, more hunters. Uh, if there are, there are. We're not trying to get more hunters. We would just want to get more of what's already existing involved. I see. Mm-hmm. And, um, y- you know, that's really just not our, I've, I've been on some podcasts. I've been on Matt Ranella's podcast, actually, um, talking about it. And I'm like, wow, we're kind of just at two different sides of the spectrum here. You know, what my concern is and, and, and what his concern is. And what's funny is he didn't realize there was such a threat to hunting. They never do. From and I'm not picking on and Matt like, Ranella, but I, I hear like, that all the time. There's a little bit of naivety there. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you live in Montana, my friend. <laughs> so it's not the worst state to live in if you are a hunter. Although we really got involved in Montana this year with a lot of groups there because they see what's coming. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put things into place to when, you know, Bozeman and whatever gets overrun with people mm-hmm. who think differently. Um, they got some things in place to, to give them protections for you know forever in the state there so um i think they see what's coming the 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 people we work with and um but what was crazy to me i was like man you don't you don't see the threats because you're just not involved you don't see the threats mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are coming so yeah because he's he's from the angle of less hunters we just need less hunters there's too many hunters right yeah and, but i and, like what you said less hunting like go, go ahead too. yeah because he's always about the you know you shouldn't shouldn't shoot more than you know one a year or whatever. You know mm-hmm. you you shouldn't be that guy that goes to five different states and mm-hmm. and buys five different tags and all that stuff. And, and you had talked to me about this earlier uh, last week or this week or whatever it was. And um, my take on it is this because I got heavily involved in the R three stuff. Um, I think back in two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that we need to actively go out and recruit more but we need to at least maintain the percentage of hunters per capita that we are the retention uh, and, 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 and we can't get smaller and when and that also requires recruitment though you need to bring your yeah kids in you need to bring your you know so that when you are no longer around there's somebody yep. to fill your shoes yeah um I, but like we had said earlier, the biggest thing right now, the biggest attack is to minimize our voice. And what's the easiest way to do is minimize your voice is to be a smaller group. A smaller group. That's why yeah. I keep saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. We so, cannot just it's, beat the drum for less hunters. Right. It, it's, it me. it's a delicate balance because nobody wants to go fight, you know, 10 other guys at the trailhead to to sure. get into their honey yep. hole. Right. Um, 
I get and, it. And, and this is even more so back east and those places where you don't have the public lands that we have out west. Um, you know, I, you know, you you said it earlier. I'm from New York, right? Like I grew up in combat, what they call combat hunting. Like you, you show up and there's twelve thousand people in orange orange suits shooting. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a good situation. At least it wasn't back in the '80s, and I, I think it's gotten a lot better now. But, um, you know, yes, as as hunters. One thing we do have going for us that we didn't have in the 1980s is that we spend more money per person. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we already said it, it can't be about it can't just be about the finance. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's your that's your your staple that we you know we, that we rely on is that we have this funding mechanism. And let's face it, if hunting completely went away. If Mr. Hughes over there got his pushed his button and hunting completely went away, it could pro possibly crumble the United States economy because mm -hmm. there's so many things that are tied to hunting that mm -hmm. are not really directly hunting, not just tourism. But think about it, even like going to buy a pickup truck. If you, if I wasn't a contractor, okay, and I wasn't a hunter. I wouldn't have a need for a pickup truck. I wouldn't buy a pickup truck. Oh no, I wouldn't be paying a buck fifty a mile to drive this big Ford truck I'm yeah, driving. Exactly. No you, way, man. You wouldn't have those things. So there's a lot of little tentacle things that are attached to hunting that make it harder for it to completely go away. But hunting as you know it will change. And it could be very much like other countries where it's privatized and it's very much, you know. Um, a it's not like over here we feel like it's a right, even though in a lot of states it's not a right. And then Charles talked about that in Montana is one of the things we're trying to do is get that it as a right to hunt there, or they have a right to hunt, but we were trying to amend it. But um, you know, going back to the, the hunter numbers, like don't be afraid to bring in somebody else because the way I look at it, too, everybody that I've ever brought into hunting or taken hunting. They may become a hunter, but they're not a hunter like you and me. Exactly. Not a like me and Charles. Like they're not thinking about it 365 days. Yes, you might make one guy like that, but you're bringing on somebody that might buy a license, might go spend three days in the field a year. You're not really creating the competition that you think you're creating. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know what? There's a lot of baby boomers right now by the day that are retiring out of hunting. My father, mm -hmm. one of them, had I not go, gone over to his house on June 4th, the day before the Idaho deadline and said, dad, we're going to apply you. It would have been the first year in his 74 years of hunting that he wouldn't have bought a license. And, yep. and next year he probably won't, his health is declining and that is happening. I mean, baby boomers were the biggest generation that is happening a lot. And so the hunter number thing to me, it's going to take care of itself on its own. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe we don't need to be beating the drum at adding another million hunters. I'm not saying that either, but to just say, oh, we don't need hunter numbers. 
I always point to you guys when somebody says that. And I, I point to some of these victories that you've had. And and I like I like the way you put it, Charles. Maybe we don't need more hunters. We just need more active hunters. If 10% of the 16 million got involved at the grassroots level within organizations like yours, that's huge. Man, that would be a gigantic voice in the industry. Yeah, correct? I guess it depends on if you're talking about what the problem is. So do we need more hunters? Well, what's the problem? Do we need more hunters involved in issues? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Do we need more hunters for uh, for funding? Well, possibly. You know, let's let's look at that. You know, mm-hmm. um, do we just need more hunters to uh, make hunting more acceptable? No. I think mm-hmm. we need more of the non-hunting public to support what hunting is. They don't. I don't. I could care less if they become a hunter or not. Mm-hmm. If they do, they do. But what I want them to do is to support hunting. So then, when it does come for them to, you know, support it or not, I can rely on their support because they know it's not a bad thing. They know, in fact, it's actually a necessity um, and and they're all for it. That's, I'd rather focus on that, on the non-hunting gotcha. supporting gotcha. hunters. Well, <laughs> there could so, be 5 so million of us. If 85% of the non-hunting public supported hunting and there's only 5 million hunters, perfect. I don't have to worry about anything. Well, Great. well, then I'll, I'll the thing about to that the other is, side. Go ahead, John. The, the thing about that is that I, I, I see it both ways. I see it I, as a hunter. Obviously, I don't want any more competition, but I see it both ways. So then, then comes in the 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 financial part, right? Yeah. So it depends on what the problem. And so if you only got five million hunters, okay, yeah. let's say if, I, I'm making arbitrary numbers. You got 15 million hunters right now. We spend one billion dollars a year. Okay, now you only have five million hunters. You still need to spend one billion dollars a year, right? Otherwise, your voice is going to be that of five million. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we're we're really going to be relying on the uh, firearms enthusiasts who de- who don't hunt to. Uh, yeah, and and we've we've seen that with the Return Act that came up. That oh, they were there was a lot of firearms guys that really wanted to see that go through. Yeah, because they're not happy about the fact that their money goes towards conservation. So, Mm -hmm. right. Right. But, well, I'll concede to the other side that wants less hunter numbers that, okay, you guys keep beating that drum. We'll give you a platform too on rock slide, but that all more, all the more important, if you want less hunters, then you need to be even more involved in supporting organizations like Hal and, and, uh, and, 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 and these fights that come against hunting you got to join you can't just be naive and just say oh hunting's going to be fine no hunting's not going to be fine we've given you several examples today and the most scary example to me is the infiltration of these wildlife commissions with people that are not pro hunting and and so if if people want to get by with less hunters fine let's have less hunters now i win too if we have less hunters but we gotta all be involved we can't just sit back and let someone else do it charles gave the example of you know when the big guns show up rmef you know how um mule deer foundation um on the firearm side nra he's right sometimes people go oh they got this they got this uh, well that's what's been different about how is it's the, the money the money helps get the money in there but by getting your voice out there supporting hunting you can have an, an effect from coast to coast in america to ensure that hunting continues to exist in america and for generations and I'll, I'll stick by what I said. I could see hunting go away in just a few years, and I'll point to things like uh, uh, BC with the grizzly hunt. And they're trying to get it back. Look what's happening. It, it's just not happening. I mean, it's I keep hearing it's coming back. back. Go ahead, John. It's very hard to get things back. 
Exactly. Once you lose it, once you lose it it's very hard to get things back. Unless yep, exactly, because now you're fighting from a point of weakness. Right, exactly. And uh, so just to kind of put a feather in the cap of what how we started this off and Charles bringing up Washington and stuff like that, I believe it was a Washington commissioner uh, I want to say Mediator just posted something, or or Jordan Sillers, which is he's a a writer for Mediator, posted up something of her speaking and basically telling hunters that they should be worried. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're literally telling you. Yep. Yeah, Melanie Rowland, uh, lovely commissioner Melanie Rowland, uh, in the last commission meeting said that, and this is a part. And I'm, I'll, I'll be. I'll be fair to her, I guess. You know, it's a soundbite, but it didn't start and end with that commission meeting. She has been, she said things over the last two years that have been very suspect and a lot of actions have been very suspect. She's been involved in groups before digging into her history that are very suspect. But she did say in the last commission meeting, yes, hunters should be nervous. Mm -hmm. And because it's not going to look it's not going to look like the way it used to look like for you. There's other people that need to be represented. Mm-hmm. And um, it put me, that put that, that sounded the alarms. There's a few commissioners who have, there's a few commissioners who have um, definite definable intentions. And then there's, and then there's some who we're not sure where, where they're going to go. And I don't think they even know where they're going to go. But there's a few commissioners there who who are who are definitely uh, they know the direction that they want to go. And she's and that, so you're saying they're already gone. Yeah, yeah, they're already gone. So we're well, they started they started decided. on that side. <laughs> yeah, Melanie Roland has her mind made up, as does Lorna Smith, and uh, and Commissioner uh, Regan, I would say as well. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe a few others, but. Yeah, no, it's scary. It's scary what they it's scary what they say. And uh but I'm glad. I'm really actually happy she said that because it's like thank I actually thanked them. I said, Thank you. Now I know. You know, you put it out there. Now we know your intentions. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Well, I hope this sounds the alarm amongst uh the rock slide that um it, it is there for the taking and it is there for the defending. And it's why we brought Howl on to this podcast. It's why we brought you guys on to Rockslide a couple of years ago. I encourage every Rockslider out there at least to take advantage of the free membership. Look for their banner on Rockslide um, or just type in Howl, H-O-W-L, and uh, get involved. This is your hunting future. This isn't even your kid's hunting future, all right? This is now. This is immediate. And uh, there's stuff going on in several of our Western states now that could that could turn the tide against hunting i'm not trying to make you fearful but you just you just heard it from t- uh, two of the people on the front line that this is happening and uh and and remember the good news we we, we win and we have one and and we do this from from by being on the offense and that that's what a howl allows you to do not just wait for something to go away and then try to get it back no let's keep it anything else guys i don't think so Sounds right. good to me. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do an update in a couple of months. Okay. Let's kind of see where we're at. Um, you guys know more about this than I do, you know, legislative sessions and timing and all those things. Yeah, um, but we'd love to have you back on the, the you're welcome anytime. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Yeah, January, February would be excellent time to we'll we'll know by that by that point there'll be several bills emerging. So. All right. Well, we want to hear about them. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robbie.